0: This is Issues 2022. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wendy Glick, Executive Director, Catholic Charities of Wichita. Welcome to Issues 2022.
1: Again, right? Thank you very much for having me. <laughs>
0: Again, you announced your retirement a few weeks ago. What? Uh, what is the timeline on that? When are you? When are you going to finally walk out the door?
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not leaving real quickly. Um, maybe to some people's angst, but. Um, I will step down as the full-time executive director at the end of the year, um, and then the hope is that my replacement will be able to begin sometime early in 2023, hopefully in January, um, and will stay on board for a couple of weeks to do a real thorough onboarding. As you can imagine, Catholic Charities is a pretty complicated organization, and it's, uh, that transfer of knowledge is going to take a little bit of time. Um, And then if that new executive director will have me, um, the board has agreed to keep me on for about six more months after that, Um, probably a title similar to director of special projects. And um, I'll just do some strategic research about um, we need a new strategic plan coming up. Um, we need to look at some of our programs and ministries and see, you know, where those gaps are and, and whether those programs are still needed or whether we need to consider adding new programs. So mm-hmm. I hope to be able to stay involved um, into 2023. But if everybody thinks that things are good and I don't need to be around, I won't be
0: <laughs> well, kind of a gradual getting out of getting out of dodge, there, is it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: what uh, what into, went into your decision to to do this, Wendy?
1: Yeah, so um, I, I'm just at that age. Um, I'll be 65 in August of 2023. Uh, I've been at this, uh, working in the social service um, field for 25 years. Started in late 1998 at Catholic Charities, actually, as the uh, volunteer coordinator, and then moved over to the Lord's Diner in 2002. First as the volunteer coordinator, and then moved into the executive director role. And so I was there for nearly 10 years and then came back to Catholic Charities in 2011, uh, first as the Director of Development, so doing fundraising, and then moved into the Executive Director role in 2016. And so I've had a good run. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of the work that has happened um, both at the Lord's Diner and at Catholic Charities since I've been involved. And really, we are in just a great position here at Catholic Charities. Um, our financial situation is solid. Um, our staffing, that's always going to be a challenge, particularly in this current labor market, but we've got really, really talented people in management positions that I'm confident are going to stay through the transition. And it just it just feels like it's the right time. You know, you you know, God kind of whispers in your ear when it's time um, either to move on to a new challenge, or just to say, um, well done, good and faithful servant, and mm. and that's kind of the message I've been hearing for a while. Now, what
0: did you what did you do before you got into uh, got into Catholic Charities and, and this? Yeah, this, you know?
1: um, we had a family business. Um, I. I Usually, just tell people it was the entertainment business, but um, my family owned two roller skating rinks here in Wichita, and uh, my husband and I ran them for about 15 years. um, Got out of the skating business in 1996 and just kind of did the stay-at-home mom thing with my kiddos for a while um, before transitioning into social service again in 1998. So a lot of experience in customer service type work, which is very similar to operating social service programs. You're serving clients um, and trying to meet their needs. A different kind of need in social service than at Skate East or skate South, but um, certainly still that customer service element uh, is is a common thread through both of my career yeah. paths.
0: What? Uh, let's talk about Catholic Charities now for a minute. Uh, what is the mission statement of Catholic Charities?
1: Yeah, so um, I utilize our our tagline, and and that is sharing God's love by caring for all people. Um, our mission statement's a little fancier uh, fancier language about infusing faith through the service that we provide through the community. I can't even say it right. Um, the tagline's a little simpler and easier for people to embrace and, and just really uh, hone in on. And that's what we try to do in all of our programs or ministries, as we call them internally, is we are a faith-based organization. We are grounded in Catholic social teaching, and we want to share God's love and we want to do that not by preaching, but by showing folks God's love through the work that we do. And so that's what I want folks to feel when they walk into any one of our program sites, is to really feel that compassion, that human dignity piece um, that is present uh, in, in any institution or should be that is faith-based. And um, and that's our why. And then our, our what and our how is specific to the different ministries, whether it be our domestic violence shelter, our homeless shelter, our food pantry, our adult daycare facility, our counseling program. Um, again, um, we are such a complex organization with so many different um, threads and and avenues of how we're helping people.
0: Now, that answered my next four questions, Wendy, so <laughs> this, this interview may be short. <laughs> How many employees do you have uh, working for Catholic Charities then?
1: We have 120 employees. Uh, about 100 of them are full-time, and then about 20 are part-time or PRNs. Um, those would be the folks that, again, we operate to shelters, and those are 24-7 facilities. And so it takes a lot of people to make sure that they're properly staffed nights and weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it varies from program to program how many staff there are, um, but total about 120
0: but you, but you, you do uh, employ uh, volunteers. Is that correct?
1: We do. We utilize volunteers in all of our programs. We really rely on volunteers at our daily bread food pantry, um, which is our our client choice model food pantry where we distribute food to those in need, Um, really no questions asked. Um, We gather some some documentation and some data um, that we have to report on a monthly basis to the Kansas Food Bank Warehouse, which is where we get a lot of our food. But we don't have any kind of um financial screenings or expectations as far as, as folks being able to be served. Um, we serve between twelve and 13,000 people out of our daily bread annually and uh, have one staff person. So we really, really rely on volunteers there, but we utilize volunteers throughout all of our ministries. So I think, I think it's important to say as we're talking about staff and about volunteers and about our, our clients. Is even though Catholic is in our name, Catholic Charities, we serve people of all faiths, or even people with no faith. Um, and the 80/20 rule plays out every year in in how we measure our employees. 80 or not, 80% are not Catholic, 20% are, and the same thing with our clients. 80% are not Catholic and, and 20% are, and that's certainly not uh, a metric that, um, you know, you have to be Catholic in order to be served or or to do the serving. Um, we're very, very uh, ecumenical in, in being inviting to individuals to get involved.
0: How many people will Catholic charities impact in a year? You talked about the uh, food program, but uh, all in all, we've got uh, all these different uh, uh, ministries. How many people total do you think you you contacted any yeah, of in,
1: in my time here as executive director over the last six years, we've fluctuated from a low point of about 12,000 annually, and that's unduplicated, um, up to during the pandemic, um, we had one of our biggest years ever, which was about 22,000. Uh, a lot of those, again, came through our food ministry, so our food pantry, because there was such a need for um, food support. Um, so it, it it's somewhat cyclical, um, and it depends on our economy. Um, we're, a little nervous going into 2023 with inflation the way that it is. We're starting to see our numbers climb at the food pantry. We're starting to see the demand for mental health services, which we do behavioral health counseling at Cana Counseling Program. So the numbers there are going up. Um, unfortunately, at Harbor House, our domestic violence shelter, the numbers there have never gone down. Um, they always stay full and at Harbor House. And in fact, uh, since the pandemic, we are seeing more severe cases of domestic violence, which is necessitating those who come into shelter to stay a little bit longer because it takes them longer to get through the trauma process um, and then to find permanent housing. Um, so we're really anticipating um, bigger numbers in the upcoming year uh, and at the same time concerned about filling philanthropic dollars which is a third of our of our 10 million dollar budget um, because uh, everybody is being affected by inflation and um, regardless of which income level you're in low middle or high um, you may not be able to be as generous to organizations like us because you just don't have as much um, of that disposable income you're
0: listening to issues 2022. On the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Wendy Glick, Executive Director Catholic Charities of Wichita. Uh, I want to uh, I want to have you tell us uh, about your several agencies. Uh, again, let's let's start off with a little with a little description of Harbor House. What it is exactly you do at Harbor House?
1: Yeah, Harbor House has been open since 1992. It is a domestic violence shelter, Um, so it is a confidential location, and individuals can call our hotline and do a um, a, a screening to determine whether they need to come into shelter uh, for their safety. That number is 316-263-6000, and uh, we shelter folks, we help find them employment, we help find them uh, permanent housing, Um, but Harbor House is much more than just a house. Uh, We also have programs where we do outreach. shelter is not always what every domestic violence survivor or victim needs. Sometimes they have support systems in the way of families that they can get out of the dangerous situation and and stay with a family member, but they still need the counseling. They still need the the wraparound services, possibly to find permanent housing, um, access better jobs. Um, Just get a driver's license or some sort of ID, because a lot of times that information is kept by the the abuser, and when the victim leaves the, the abusive situation, um, many times they leave with literally nothing but the clothes on their back Mm. Uh, and um, most often those who come come with children about 50 percent of those that we serve in shelter at harbor house have kiddos and we also work with the kids Uh, we have a children's counselor and an adult counselor to help them work through that trauma so both internally and externally uh, we serve about 300 um, annually a year inside shelter but another 1800 in our outreach program.
0: So what is St. Anthony's Family Shelter then?
1: It is a shelter for homeless families. In our community, we have several homeless shelters. Um, Salvation Army operates one. Union Rescue operates one. Humankind operates one. What sets St. Anthony Family Shelter apart from those shelters? Is it specifically for families? So you can be a single parent with kids. You can be a couple with children, um, either a single mom or a single dad with kids. But the common denominator is, you can't come into St. Anthony Family Shelter unless you're homeless with children. And it's uh, constructed specifically to uh, offer a dignified, respectful type of um, stay. Uh, We have suites with a living area, a sleeping area, and a private bathroom for each one of the families while they're in shelter. They work with a case manager the minute they walk in the door to begin looking for permanent housing um, and to address any of the barriers that they might have, whether it's an eviction or just past utility costs, um, bills and things that they need to pay in order to get into permanent housing. Um, So a pretty intense program, unlike Harbor House, which the average length of stay at Harbor House is anywhere from... Um, six to eight weeks at Anthony. It's um, designed to be a 30-day program. Um, so they're working hard the minute they walk in that door to address those barriers and to get in- back into permanent housing.
0: Tell us about our Daily Bread
1: yeah, we are so proud of our daily bread. We have been doing uh, operating a food pantry almost since the beginning of Catholic Charities' time, uh, and we'll celebrate our 80th anniversary working here in the Diocese of Wichita next year. Um, it is a, a pantry, again, as I mentioned earlier, that serves people without having any kind of uh, financial expectation or or screening not, you know, irregardless of, of what their income is. Uh, and we're proud of the model. It is a client choice model, which is um, our daily bread is the only pantry in our community that operates a 100% client choice model. And what that means is when you come in, you register and have to show proof of how many people are in your family. And then based on that, you get to shop in our uh, in our. Our pantry, and you get to select the items that your family will eat. And the number of items is based on your family size. The frequency that you can come is one time a month, and usually the food parcels are enough food for anywhere from three to four days. Um, for that entire family. So not a whole lot of food, but it helps folks um, meet ends meet. A lot of seniors that come that are living on Social Security or a limited income um, come to Our Daily Bread. And as I mentioned, one staff person. um, So we need a lot of volunteers there. We have about 60 ongoing volunteers there, but we're always signing up more.
0: What is veteran peer support?
1: Wendy? Yeah, we have a federal grant um, for serving homeless veterans. Uh, It's supportive services for veteran families. We've had it for a number of years, and we work in collaboration with the VA and uh, help identify homeless veterans within all 25 counties of our diocese. We work a lot here in the Wichita area, but we also have an office down in Pittsburgh, Kansas, that does uh, homeless prevention. And we work with veterans even down in southeast Kansas. And uh, pretty intensive case management. We have in that staff both a housing navigator and a health navigator because so many times what gets in the way of a veteran having permanent housing is to be able to access health resources and and take care of both their physical health and their mental health Um, and so we work with veterans again to get them into permanent housing and off the streets
0: and uh, tell us about adult uh, day service
1: Yeah, that is a program we've been doing adult day services since um, 1979. Uh, Two populations are served in there, adults with disabilities, so it can be a physical disability or um, a mental disability of of some sort, and then seniors with early stages of either Alzheimer's or dementia. Um, We, in the last two years, uh, found a, a new facility for it. As I said, we've been doing it since 1979 in, in small ways, moving from facility to to facility because we kept outgrowing the space and finally uh, in 2019 found a former elementary school that had been being used as the law enforcement training center but the police and sheriff training moved out to a location over at WSU and the building was vacant um, so we purchased it from USD 259 and we were able to do fundraising we raised about six million dollars And we're able to renovate it to really meet the needs of the program participants that we serve in there. Uh, We are up, when we moved in, we had about 50 to 60 ongoing program participants. Uh, We've grown that program since April of 2021 when we moved in there. And we're up to about 125 program participants. Um, It's open five days a week. Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., and part of the services that we provide is uh, transportation for an additional fee as well as breakfast, lunch, and an afternoon snack. And we take the program participants out into the community on outings, And we do lots of enrichment activities there within the uh, facility to help um, just enrich the lives of those with disabilities. Um, A couple of weeks ago, the enrichment week was around uh, learning about dinosaurs. Um, so they did some really fun things, watched some dinosaur movies, um, did some dinosaur arts and crafts, created a volcano, and, you know, using Coca-Cola and those Mentos um, made that volcano explode, and, and um, they just really, really had a great time. So a lot of, um, a lot of fun activities go on there, and, and um, it's just a really fun place for, for families to be able to take their loved ones and know that they're taken good care of during during the day so that the family members can be out working and, and leading, um, you know, uh, entered, uh, great lives on their own without um, worrying about caring for their loved ones.
0: What's the biggest challenge facing Catholic Charities, Wendy?
1: I, I think money is always a concern. I think it is for every not-for-profit. And again, as I mentioned earlier, looking at uh, the current economy and and worrying about how that funding is going to come in, in order to be able to continue doing those ministries. Um, I don't, Say, say that we really have a worry as far as keeping us up at night, um, but we are very intentional about, you know, are we doing the right things for our community and the communities in which we serve? Um, we don't want to try and, and duplicate any other services that some of the other not-for-profits are doing in town, but we certainly want to try and meet the needs. So a part of our our challenges is to always be um, trying to do some investigation. And I, as a leader, have always tried to make data-driven decisions. And what what are those numbers out there? What are those unmet needs or, uh, you know, Folks in social service are really good at starting programs but really hesitant to close a program. Um, we want to be all things to all people and, and that's not always the best thing. And and so how can we really be intentional about using our donor gifts and the financial resources that we have um, to really meet those big daunting challenges in our community? Um mm particularly for those who are marginalized.
0: Almost out of time, you've dedicated a good part of your life to charities and helping people. Why?
1: Uh, I. It's a very selfish reason. Um, it makes me feel good about who I am. Uh, I think my purpose is uh, has always been to serve. I told somebody the other day when I was transitioning from being in the entertainment business at the roller rinks and getting into social service, I did a lot of prayer and reflection, and uh, asked God to to lead me into my next big thing. And I certainly didn't hear God say, "You need to go to Catholic Charities," um, but I did hear God say to me, um, "In order to be happy, you need to serve. You need to serve others." And so, in all of my uh, roles in the last 25 years, that that has been my why. My why is to serve and, and to try to help others, and um, even in retirement, although I won't do um, serving in uh, necessarily an institutional type environment like I've done for the last 25 years, uh, I I think I still have some serving left in me.
0: Listen, thanks for doing this uh, for so many interviews over the years. Thanks for your service to our community. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I hope we can talk again sometime in the future. I look
1: forward to it. Thanks Uh, for the opportunity, Steve.
0: Our guest, Wendy Glick, Executive Director, Catholic Charities of Wichita. That's all for this edition of Issues 2022. I'm Steve McIntosh.